I was practicing martial arts while everybody else was, you know, uh, I came from a corporate setup. After work, people will either go to a bar, watch a movie, have dinner, you know, uh, they would wa- uh, they, they would go out. Me, I was I was the outcast. I was the outsider because after clocking out, I would travel an hour, an hour and a half to a gym, train there late in the evening, go home beaten up and battered, and do the exact same thing all over again. Yeah. So I my experience was totally different from those from my coworkers. They were questioning what I was doing. It reached the point wherein I was even questioning what I was doing. Welcome everyone to episode number 16. Would you believe it's number 16? Um, of Pinoy Martial Arts Mastermind. Mm-hmm. Um, and today uh, we have another uh, uh, another doozy of a topic, uh, which is investing in your martial arts training. Uh, and today, uh, as usual, we have uh, Dr. Sixto Carlos, founder of Carlos Hermanos uh, Fight Club, as well as uh, Urban Combatives uh, Philippine Study Group. And uh, he's also the uh, founding head of Libre Fighting Philippines. Uh, president of Calis Illustrissimo. President of Calis Illustrissimo. Uh, Repetition original. Repetition original. Original. And uh, his brother, uh, Guru Baste Carlos, co-founder of uh, Carlos Hermanos uh, Fight Club and the uh, supreme leader of Carlos Hermanos USA. Global Emperor, global emperor of Carlos Hermanos yeah. Fight Club. Yeah. And uh, of course, professor, professor uh, Franco Rolioda of DevTac Philippines and myself, Dax Cordero of That's Entertainment Thursday Group. So the Supreme Lord of uh, Cordero Dental Clinic. Supreme Lord of nothing. <laughs> so, so we're going to talk about um, investing in your martial arts training. Um, so what, what exactly uh, does this encompass? Uh, Sixto, what does that exactly mean when you invest? What, what is that? Okay, at first thought, when you invest, you think of money. Of course, when you want to study a martial art, you need to to spend money. You need to spend money on tuition, your uniform. Sometimes you only have a a t-shirt in some clubs. In other other clubs, you need to um, have a gi, right? Like in jiu-jitsu or in taekwondo. uh, I'm not sure what they call that. They have the taekwondo uniform. You need the patches, etc. Pardon me? Bobok, I think. Bobok, okay. And, but not only that, not only money, okay? Uh, although uh, money is a big component of that, you also need to invest time, a lot of time you train. You want to be good in it. Uh, the effort, of course, the, um, when you train, you, you, you need to put the effort in training. And another thing is, one thing which isn't discussed so much is what they call that wooing the instructor wooing your instructor for example in my case in my experience before uh tony diego of calis illustrismo taught me taught me in bastet it took us two years of wooing him uh, of visiting him in loneta saying hi 
And sometimes he wouldn't, uh, no, at the beginning, he wouldn't teach us what, instead I did was we copied his other students, what they were doing. And when, and we, when we started doing it well, uh, that was the time when he started to teach us directly. The thing is, with martial arts, well, especially traditional martial arts is, you know, uh, quote-unquote tradition, right? I mean, like, well, what, what, what does it involve? It involves, like, dedication to your, to your master. Uh, so one, one thing that people, like, kind of, like, mistake things from, 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 like, when people say, like, master never charged me anything, you know, they never charge anything, like, maybe, like, cash directly as a tuition. You know, and people mistake this as like, oh, somebody got it for free. I should get it for free too. Yeah. You know, so, so, well, but going back to like exactly what, what my brother was alluding to, you know, I had to even like in between, in between training, like, you know, and, and it's on video, you know, maybe, you know, I wouldn't mention grandmaster's teams right now, but I have a video of massaging the master's back and the, the and the arms, you know, <laughs> And and he's like, yeah, yeah, push me here, push me there. Like, oh yes, yes, you know, like uh, you're, you're giving all these massages, and then I, I get a phone. Massages, the massages. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> well, public in in public, all right, not in a oh, situation. <laughs> thank you for thank you for the clarification. Yeah, no, no, no massage. Like I have I, I I do have my limits, although I do have heard rumors about some masters. <laughs> <laughs> you know, before that they, who has passed away, that those have happened, but but yeah, forget about that. But but yeah, you know, like uh, or getting a getting a uh, back then we only had beepers, you know, yeah. no, no cell phones, and I'd get a beep like, oh, Basti, like uh, pick me up or whatever, you know, and I'm I'm gonna call the guy back up like, hey, you know, what's what's uh, pick you up where? Then uh, I don't have my sticks. I don't have any knives. Maybe let's do empty hands. Sure, 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 sure. You know, and then I'll pick the guy up. And later on, like, oh, drive me here, drive me there. You know, and I wasn't pissed, honestly. You know, I was like stuck with the guy for like a whole day, you know, thinking that I'm driving him around Metro Manila through traffic and even like outside of Metro Manila through traffic, you know, and, and going to places I've never been to before even like GPSs were even out in the public or like easily, you know, like uh, used in the public so, or available. So, you know, like I'm going to places then, 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 yeah. I mean, like I'm stuck with a guy for an hour just waiting in the car or he's going to be like, oh, I have this meeting, sit here. Then I'm just seeing them <laughs> an hour? Like talking to each other. And this, an hour? this, 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 this it's half yeah. a day. No, 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 I'm saying like an hour, like a half, half a day. It's half you know? a day. Yeah. And the guy comes back and like, oh, sorry, I forgot about you. Are you okay? And then I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you look like you're, you look like you're, you need some food. Here, eat some food. You look, you're going to need some food for us for, to drive me back. I, I thought like he's going to say home. No, uh, to drive me back to another meeting. I'm like, oh, holy shit. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Even before the time of the cell phones, you know, mm -hmm. imagine you staring at the ceiling, you know, or you're staring at your watch and you just let the hours go by and you're like, oh shit, you know, what time is this going to end? Oh, Frank, I, I, have a, I have a question for you. Uh, I say, you know, 
the brothers Carlos are talking about wooing, wooing their uh, their masters, no. Uh, but uh, for you, what what does that entail when you say investing in your martial arts training? Uh, me, when it comes to investing, it's an entire. How do I put this? It's an entire experience because you put in money. So you pay for the classes, you pay for your transportation to the location of the gym, you have to invest your time. I think more than anything, the most important uh, ingredient when it comes to investing, especially in today's landscape, is your dedication and your allotting of time to attend those classes and get better. Then, of course, um, you're going to try it out and then... Here's the thing. Once you get hooked or you get addicted to whatever it is that you're training, whether it's martial arts or any kind of sport, you tend to adhere to that lifestyle. So more or less, you tend to not just pay for the classes. You pay for and the equipment. You also pay for the lifestyle that entails or that comes with it. So that's why a lot of brands that are working with athletes or any, uh, it goes for sports and martial arts uh, brands they not only sell the the product lines that are primarily focused on their ano on, on the sport or the martial arts that they're in Ngayon, you see caps you see shirts you see shorts diba? for example in the jiu jitsu community lang before it was just training equipment it was the gi uh Mueller tapes uh, shoulder, uh knee pads knee sleeves now it's an entire array of product lines that are for training so you want to look good during training. You want to express yourself that way. So now there's an array of different rash guards, MMA shorts, different lines of geese. But at the same time, uh, they also go beyond the confines of the gym. Now you have water bottles. You have your squeeze bottles. You have stickers. You have stickers. You have caps. You have hoodies. Okay. Anything that will allow you to express the art or the sport that you're training in in a mainstream or in an outside setting. So those are the things that come into play when you say you are investing. And, and, and another thing, Franco, is I noticed when I see you on Facebook, after training, you have to go out with your students, you have to go out yep. with your tribe, right? Yep, and definitely. You, because yeah. uh, as a coach, you want to cultivate that harmonious community because now it not only caters to... Uh, uh, you're not only cultivating a very healthy training environment, but you know you want to build relationships. You uh, training martial arts is a very sentimental thing, especially for me. So it just goes to show that the level of importance that I give to the craft and at the same time my students. So if I want to factor that in, a huge chunk of it will come with time. So, yun din yun, eh. basically, so let's put in relationships as well. I think uh, we can also put in relationships. Basically, uh, when we say in, in investing, no, uh, is that it's it's like what you what you need to put in to be able to reap the benefits of your training. No? So mm. all of these things come into play. So the, the, uh, the wooing of your instructors, of course, training hard, buying equipment, mm. buying the paraphernalia, paying your fees, because all of this has a return. No, and and it's not merely just investing money. Of course, that plays a a, a big role in it. But but uh, we're all in agreement that it's not just that. 
um, uh, perfect examples of, of, of these of, of these investments no, or uh, organizations that have, have been very systematic uh, in terms of managing the students are uh, uh, jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. karate, yes. taekwondo. No? Uh, could you could you expound on that, Franco? Like, how, how is that? How 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 are these systems? Uh, how are they? How have they been able to maintain such a systematic way uh, of of managing their students? I really think that the number one on that list is Taekwondo. Not only has Taekwondo been there for the longest time, they were able to evolve and improve their systems throughout the years. So you have, of course, you have a set of kimonos, you have your uniform, you have your belt ranking system, you have your body armors, your shin guards, your shin pads, your elbow supports, your helmet. So everything that comes with Taekwondo and training in Taekwondo, okay, coincides with all the products that are out there. Yes. And yun, eh, uh, malaking, a huge factor that contributes to that is the curriculum. So your curriculum is based on doing a set of katas, repetition of these katas, and pumse. then pumse. Yung, pumse. And then later on, they introduced ano, dito, uh, sparring. So since people, since students are sparring, that comes into play now. You have to have your protective gear, you have to have your helmet, you have to have your shoes. So I mean, it's a very, um, ano, it's a very well-oiled machine. Eh. It's an Olympic sport. Yumpa, so, huge factor as well. So the popularity is on a global scale. I think yeah. jujitsu is slowly following that trend. Uh, before everyone just needed a jujitsu gi or a jujitsu kimono. Now. Um, with w- very good point by Baste, as the sport grew and the competition scene got bigger, the governing bodies also adjusted and improved the rules. I mean, if we're calling them improvements, so it had to cater to a bigger audience. It had to place in uh, a lot of uh, revisions, kumbaga, because the, the primary concern is always safety. So now there are certain moves that were implemented before that are considered illegal now so i mean it's and, and jiu-jitsu is still evolving jiu-jitsu still um uh, jiu-jitsu still uh, uh doing their best to improve how they package the art because in as much as there are a lot of jiu-jitsu practitioners and coaches uh it's it hasn't broken into the mainstream yet so we can we can actually see the the growth and the and the beauty of the you know of the systematizing mm. of these of these uh, martial yes. arts. No, so we have jujitsu, which is developing. We have mm. the the old timers like karate, judo, mm-hmm. no? taekwondo. Uh, now, with all these systems, would you say that uh, would you be able to say the same for uh, Filipino martial arts? Any of the two brothers care to chime in? Ako before they, ako before they, ano, before they answer, I think the thing about the entire Filipino martial arts scene is, if they, ito yun, ah, because, baka, baka bago na naman, ako, as, an, uh, as someone who gets to train FMA and combatives on a sparringly basis, and the way I see the community is, there's no system where it comes, I, I don't know, please educate me here, I don't know the structure, if, I belong to the jiu-jitsu community and the mixed martial arts community. Yeah. The moment I get to train combatives and weapons training with Doxics, though, my common question will always be, how do you promote guys? How do people become coaches here? So, 
I'm very eager to know the answer now. Six <laughs> you had a very you, you had a very hearty laugh when uh, when Franco okay. made his comments. Okay, I think Buster can explain more of the American side what's happening there. I'll explain more on the Philippine side. The thing about okay, my personal belief is okay. I'm not sure if everybody would agree with me. Uh, martial arts in general, it's a reflection of the culture. Look at the Japanese martial arts; it's very organized, right? Like Wando, it's actually uh, a lot of what they do is based on the Japanese. So it's still very organized. Look at judo; it's also very organized. BJJ, it's a bit more. Uh, I'm sure you will agree, Franco. Mm. They're a bit, bit more relaxed, a bit yep. more laid back, right? Yep. But more or less, they're getting there, getting there. Yep. In FMA, Filipino martial arts, uh, the word there is Filipino. Our culture is so chaotic, like what's happening mm. now. The martial art is a reflection of our culture. So I guess that's it. It is so disorganized in Filipino martial arts. Yeah, uh, well, the thing is like, it's a, a reflection of the culture, but it's also a reflection of its evolution, right? Mm. Like every, every other martial art also started where FMA is currently. I mean, you know, like judo, what was judo before? It was like all these like segmented schools. Mm. All took Ajigoro Kano to like standardize everything. And, oh. Yeah, and make it all like a whole system. Belt ranking was not there before. You know, you, you see like Okinawan masters uh, uh, just wearing their underwear training way back. Mm. They, they don't have geese. The geese were introduced in karate like quote unquote in modern times. You know, but, uh, and then Gichin Funakushi, like the father of karate. When was that, when was that just done? You know, he, he organized stuff. The, mm -hmm. And it's a matter of evolution of like, even like Taekwondo, like you had like, you have like a governing body, mm -hmm. right? Well, you have ITF and WTF, but let's just talk about in general WTF for now. But you have a governing body on top saying, organizing everything. This is what's done. Screw you all. I don't care about your individual, individual like, uh, uh, expressions of the art. This is the art. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, although, of course, it's a sport. So everybody has their own take on how to fight. And what I'm just talking about is like Pumse is all like regulated and, and uniforms are regulated and all that. Same thing with BJJ. You have like a unified uh, set of rules. With, with Arnie's FMA, where are we in the evolution? My question is like, is it a sport? It's in the middle. You know, nobody knows. They wants it to be like, oh, future Olympic sport. Everybody like wants to keep it as a traditional art, so on and so forth. So, I think like uh, it's a reflection of its evolution and culture. Maybe to put it together with my brother, and with the chaos, the thing with the chaos is that like whoever whoever sees chaos sees opportunity. Mm. And that's where Americans come. Mm. And that's one thing. Uh, so many times you say like, oh, like uh, the master in the Philippines like died poor. And then you have like some, some guy in the U.S. making money. Well, during the, during the advent of like DVDs and all that. Uh, mm. But where this guy like 
perform arbitrage. He saw the chaos from the US, Philippines. He invested money flying back and say like, oh, okay, wow. Nobody wants to organize this. I'll, I'll organize it myself. Okay, in terms of investing... Uh, you can include Libre, okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've always been a firm believer of, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Now, what does that mean exactly? You know, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you want something badly, then you have to pay for it. Now, uh, I'm not exactly the most liquid person, but, uh, you know, I, I, I started training with you guys, six, uh, Sixto, Basta. Oh, you started training with somebody else, anyway. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> okay, okay, so I, okay, so again, let's, let's, put, let's put that in the discussion. Okay. Include that, include that. Yes, okay. yes, okay, because I really wanted to get into Filipino martial arts and I joined a different, I joined a different uh, uh, club. Group. Group, yes. And uh, uh, to make a long story short, you know, I spent money and I didn't get anything in substantial in return. So, oh, but 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 what the good thing about this was okay. This 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 uh, this, this this group was practicing very near my house. Well, a lot nearer than where I, I event eventually ended up in. Uh, it was very near my house, like probably ten minutes away. Very convenient. The hours were very very convenient, very regular. Uh, the people were nice, but then I just didn't feel that I was getting the the, the right training. And then uh, in comes Sixto. Uh, at, at that point, I had known Sixto and Baste. Uh, twenty for years. Three, yeah, for yeah, twenty twenty, <laughs> 20 years. years. But, but he trained with somebody else. I know, okay. I know. No, but okay, I was intimidated yeah. by you guys. But oh, yeah, in any case, in any case, <laughs> in any case, okay. <laughs> Just to, just to put it in perspective, the place that I w was training in, present at that, 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 that the time, was probably 10 minutes away from my house. Baste and Sixtus Gym is about two hours, two hours away from my house. Two hours. Two hours away from my house. But... Through traffic. With, yes, without traffic, okay? <laughs> with traffic, it's like three hours. Anyway, anyway. So that's part of your investment. Yes, yeah. yes. But, but, okay, here's the thing. I found it infinitely better uh, you know obviously i'm still here with you guys after all these years but you know i did not mind at all that i would drive three hours to get to your place and then three hours going home it would be a whole day affair for like a three hour training day mm. it would be a full uh, full day and uh, mm. and i didn't mind it i didn't mind it you know not you know not a few people would call me really stupid because you know why would you do that you know hey you have so many places to train here you know, but but I, it's it's an example of investing. So I invested my my time, uh, my time away from my work, time away from family, to be able to train the kind of training that I felt that I deserved. You know, for my efforts. But uh, yeah. Anyway, enough about me. I I, I want to get to you guys. <laughs> Baste, I I'm gonna go back to Baste. Baste, personal experiences. The masoo. <laughs> the masoo. Yeah. Stony hand, uh, Baste. I have I have healing hands aside from uh, so, uh, <laughs> Yeah. You know, just 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 like you and me. You know, like uh, well, my first job out of college was like working for a hotel, so I worked the graveyard shift. Uh, so that was like 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. Mm. And most of our masters would train on what? Weekday, uh, Sundays. Sundays. You know? so, 
So Luneta, I would get there like maybe at around 10 or 11 since I needed to clock out. People would be training already. Once I get there, you know, like the masters would be already in their kind of siesta or lunch mood, you know, and, and then they'd, and I'm there waiting and they'd have like visitors from abroad. Of course, being Filipino, we're very, we're very accommodating and I don't know, it's in our culture. We love entertaining foreigners for one, some reason, you know, until like I'm sitting there for three hours with my like dos manos, you know, just like no cell phone back then, you know, just like staring at the sky <laughs> and then on like, here's the master like walking away and I'm just like, wait, they're leaving. They didn't even like acknowledge me. Mm. And then later on, uh, the master would be like, or Mangtono, you'd be like, oh, you're there. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh, wait. Let's, 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 let's do your dosmanos. We do it for 10 minutes. Then it's gone. You know, so people always think that, you know, just go there, the master will trade. No, it's not like that, you oh, know. What's going to happen next week? It's not true. Or, or sometimes, like, I'm there and, 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 you know, you can understand, like, the, these guys also had hard jobs. Mangtono was like, at the port, you know, very stressful job. That's so appealing. being in Luneta was his like stress reliever, right? So he would have friends or even acquaintances come over and they would have like a nice chat and even like forget about time. And later on, yeah, they're gonna be like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, well, as soon as I like hand over, like Mangtoni was a uh, love the cockfighting. So my brother and I would bring these like cockfighting magazines. As soon as I Cockfighting magazine, and he'll lighten up, and he's like, "Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait! Let let let, let me show you uh, the the new Mix. like punta uh, yeah. like sequence." So I'm like, oh, "Okay, okay, okay." So, so, but 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 me like sitting there for like four hours, uh, just staring at the sky without even like assurance that I would train. You know, it's different when you're expecting something. Yeah, yeah, wait yeah, four hours, five hours, and and then I'm gonna be like spending an hour with this instructor. No. You're sitting there for like five hours, and then sometimes it's just like, "Oh, how are you? I'll see you next week." Sorry, uh, we have a guest from Australia, you know. And I'm like, "Okay, okay." And that's that's after driving for like two hours, one hour through traffic. Yes, but, uh, uh, yes, I agree with you. There was no assurance of being taught or being trained that day. I remember that. But the thing is, it's not unique in that group. Um, yeah. It was also typical with the other groups that we trained with, yeah. if I remember it's, correctly. Sure, we, we also did that. My brother and I went to a semi, semi like more... More structured classes? Or they had yeah. a regular schedule, okay. Yeah, so, and, and, and when we paid, but then we we're like, after two sessions, we're like, we're one. not getting... <laughs> one session. It was one session. I hurt my shoulder. I remember that. One session. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These guys really meant well, you know, but it just yeah, wasn't stuff well. we wanted. But they just sucked, okay? <laughs> yeah. So it just wasn't stuff we wanted. So, so yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you really wanted to get what you want, you yes, got yes. time and effort to get what you want. You know, you time, effort, money. You know, but going back to exact examples, like yeah, my brother and I would get like a call, drive me here, drive me there. You know, again, I'll drive like Leo Gahe for like hours in a full day without assurance of training. Oh, okay. okay, I remember way back in '94, we were promised, okay, no names, 
Okay, uh, you fly to the province and you you'll have a one week training. Uh, I think five of us were invited to go there. Mm-hmm. Two of us went, me and John and John Maliham is now in Australia. Um, so we fly there, and I actually didn't want to go. Then John said, "Six hundred dollars money, blah blah blah." Okay, let's go. When we went there, there was no camp, there was no training. When we arrived there, oh by the way, guys, the two of you are fighting. You're competing now. <laughs> we fought. Well, I won, but I was expecting a one-week training. Relaxed. <laughs> I, 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 I was romanticizing it before. I, I learned this. I'll become a badass uh, mofo when I come back to Manila. No, then I, I call up Baste. Hey, Baste, I want a tournament. What? You want a tournament? Yeah, I want. I thought you have, you, um, you have a camp there. There's no camp. It's just a tournament. <laughs> then the, what, what happened was the guy who invited, okay, just a second, the guy yeah. who invited us right after the tournament, left the province. And we were stuck there for a few more days. But somebody else trained us, but not the guy who we who we wanted to train with. Mm. Anyway, Franco? No, because now with everything <laughs> that you guys are sharing, so now there's a group of students. I see two angles. Uh, I see two spectrums here. One is the students who are romanticizing their journey of martial arts. So now there's a certain level of sentimental and emotional investment. But here comes these instructors and coaches who probably knew that there would be people who romanticize these things. That's why they take advantage of it. So yeah. I like. So now, it, I mean, these are just questions that are popping out of my head. With the instructors that you were trying to woo or court or get into the good side of, did they... Were they holding regular classes? Was there like a, an actual class? An actual class, an actual schedule, or was it just no? This is like the informal schedule in Luneta, so on and so forth. We will be there if we're not there, uh, then it's not our fault. I think it's more informal. Okay, so now, because now this is what's happening. Eh, uh, there are people who are willing and are invested to learn, and they're seeking masters. However, there are those masters who recognize these types of individuals based on, for sure, they know these people. For sure, during that time, they know that you were eager, so they also know that they could take advantage of the situation. So mm-hmm. I think it goes both ways. They were, they took advantage of that situation in order to get students or to get whatever they want from people. So awesome. that probably, awesome. so that's, that's another possible reason that led to their demise, because now, of course, you had that experience, and I'm pretty sure you are not the only people that had that experience with yeah. you. And there, people there were, talk. And people there was a talk. guy, okay, this is bad. There was a guy who flew from the States. He flew from the States. Then when he started training, all they did was just discussions for three, four days. After a few days, this guy decided, oh, I'm wasting my time here. Got exactly. a ticket, went back to the States. He was supposed to stay for a month, but after a few days of just talking, decided just to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, what, what you guys, okay, you had to go through all these things. But if I may ask, of course, you ha- there was some money involved uh, when you trained. Do you, do you think that the money that you paid was, was substantial or was it 
or did you feel that it was low? Because I, I, I'm, I'm trying to trying to figure out why this sort of treatment uh, for you guys, like you know, Baste standing for hours, not not mm. being taught. Were you, do you think that you were paying the person enough? Maybe there was some resentment on the part of the uh, of the master uh, because he. You, you, you have a point there because money was not really discussed. Because maybe that's the thing. Because I noticed, if you know, with the exception of that one person from the U.S., I noticed that even now it seems that when when people from the states or from abroad when they come here, they get special treatment. You know, they get you know a whole day or or whatever. You know, they okay, that's whole, okay. That's that's a different that's a different discussion again. Okay, all right. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. Not a discussion. I digress. No, but 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 the thing is. Yeah, but I just noticed that, you know, there might, you know, I, I, I'm just thinking here, you know, maybe it had something to do with it. Maybe, maybe they didn't feel like they were getting paid enough or... Being- I, I, I would say, I would say no. Like, uh, I would say it all goes back to the culture because the culture is like, depends on like how you see it and how your relationship really is. Traditional instructors, like real traditional instructors would treat you like, uh, an apprentice or actually a, uh, a candidate for an extended no. family. Yeah, I understand that. I understand what that. I'm but, saying. But, but so, my so, question so, is, my question is, okay, so let's get specific. How much did you pay a particular master who didn't well, treat you well? As before, we, we, yeah. we, we, we were nice. Uh, during the 90s, we used to pay... More than a hundred per session was steady, but which is a good, which is a good amount. That's a good amount. That's yeah, a good amount. Um, during the 90s, That's a good we, amount. We were quite, yeah, we, yeah, we were quite nice. But was it the know. was it the standard charge, or you, or did you pay according or, to or your pay, capacity? Yeah. Uh, back then, no. Some some would just pay twenty pesos, five pesos. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Mm. Or how much they can afford. Yeah. But they, but, but, but no, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like. It's it, it's the culture where like if, if you're treated like family, then you treat your students like if you treat your like prospective or apprentice like a, a prospective future member of the extended family, then you treat them like family. And how do a lot of Filipino fathers treat their children? It's more like, oh, I have a guest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Guest from the US. Oh, 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 I forgot. I gave all my lunch. I gave all the what we ever cooked for lunch to the guest. Oh, oh, sorry, here, have a little bit of food. But that's how it, it works, you know what I mean? Because you think like, it's, this is family. This kid is never going to leave you because it's family, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so uh, this is family. This, this kid will do everything to stay with the family too. So that's, that's, that's what I see is like with the culture. So for, for Baste and Doc Sixto, during that time, so you were trying to court and woo your masters, was it worth it? Like after, when they took you under their wings, was the entire thing, was the entire process worth it? To be frank, okay, I'll keep it short. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, okay, yeah. Under, understand, okay, but the both of you, Sixto and Baste, I understand that because, I understand that, that you had to go through these things because uh, as we established before, FMA is not as as uh, well established as as the other martial arts. It's as not as organized. But uh, I'm interested in what Franco, Franco, you mm. have you had to because you know jujitsu is much more organized than than the mm. FMA. You have you know. Uh, you have a, 
Not, not during this time. Not, okay. Not during my time. Yeah. But this not is, during you my know, time. You also have... remember you had to fight somebody. Uh, yeah. I w went uh, through you, the natural process of the process. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember that. I got a few hits during the uh, jujitsu that time. Anyway, yeah. okay. Um, yes. No, but, but the thing is, uh, I didn't really experience the whole traditional martial arts way of, of getting accepted. For, for in my experience, jujitsu, mixed martial arts, and any other martial arts that I got to train in, it was a group. It was a group dynamic. Eh? It was a group dynamic. So there's a coach and there's a pool of students. So the wooing process for me was to be accepted in that tribe. It was. It was for me to get through. Uh, it was for me to go through the process to be accepted within that community. So that was why. That was my wooing process. And then, of course. The entire pro the entire thing. Uh, I'm gonna put everything in under 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 one scope. Uh, the main resource that I had to put in in order to make this whole thing worth it. That's why I asked that question. Was not only my time, but the emotions that I had to invest in in order to grow in this journey. Because you know, I I was practicing martial arts while everybody else was. You know, uh, I came from a corporate setup. After work, people will either go to a bar, watch a movie, have dinner. You know, uh, they would wa uh, they, they would go out. Me, I was I was the outcast. I was the outsider because after clocking out, I would travel an hour and hour and a half to a gym, train there late in the evening, go home beaten up and battered, and do the exact same thing all over again. Yeah. So I, my experience was totally different from those, from my coworkers. They were questioning what I was doing. It reached a point wherein I was even questioning what I was doing. I would go, I would go to work. Like, like not only was I physically tired, I was mentally tired. I was emotionally tired. But again, when I was so happy when Doc Sixta said that it, everything was worth it because yeah. that was, that's my answer. I was doing something that not everyone was doing. I was doing something that nobody really understood, but I understood it. It had meaning to me. So uh, for me, it's, yes, the answer is also yes. It was worth it. I mean, I didn't have a car. I would be commuting. I would be the odd guy in a bus or in a shuttle having that huge gym bag if, there, if, if it was raining. You wear a gi in the bus? No. <laughs> My gym bag was big. Everybody was... I can imagine that. <laughs> I, I can imagine that. People way. were having small... People were, were, were using backpacks. Jiu-jitsu. <laughs> Jiu I was... I was carrying a huge bag because my, my gis and my gear were there. You know, if it was sunny, it was fine. It was if it was summer, I would be sweating. You know, if it was raining, I would be dripping, and I I would take certain measures and I would sacrifice a lot so that I could save money, and I could buy stuff. I mean, uh, I had I posted this story before. Everyone thought that everything came easy. I told them no. My very first jujitsu tournament, I had to borrow a gi, because I couldn't afford one. 
And I mean, those are the things that makes the entire experience worth it. That's why, yes, my answer is also yes. It was all worth it. Yeah. Okay. Now, lis- listening to to your stories, though, um, and and um, okay, so you went through all these sacrifices, Baste, uh, Sixto, uh, Franco, uh, and and it, you know, to me, they're they're over and beyond. Uh, mm-hmm. What is expected from a student? But, yeah, because Dax, you used money anyway. <laughs> like I said, you know, I don't spend money; I make money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, and, and 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 look at you guys now. I mean, like, you know, uh, Franco, you're a respected uh, instructor and also a champion uh, jiu-jitsu fighter internationally, by by the way. And, athlete, uh, yeah. Yes, and 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 Baste, of course, and Sixto, you've you've established you've. you've 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 established your own system that's that's actually world known, no? Um, so, but but it it all were, was born out of the sacrifices that you made, the investments that you made. Now, would you consider yourself? Would you consider yourself fanatic fanatical investors in the martial arts, or is there such a thing? Is there such a thing as fanatical investors in martial arts? Kami, us? Yes. I, I would believe so. The amount of time, yeah. money, uh, yeah. research, and we buy a lot of equipment, books, and also training other things like strength and conditioning. Yes, yes. Uh, I would consider myself as part of that group. I'm a fanatical investor. I think we're crazy fanaticals. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, but crazy. not rich, crazy, just crazy. Oh, yeah. Just crazy. Paste has two bobs in his in his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the the thing is, what what are you? Are you a martial artist? Are you uh, are you an athlete? I mean, like, what are you? What's your brand? What makes you? That's you know right. what I mean? That's right. That's like, right. and that's the thing about investing. Like, you invest time. Like, yeah, I remember, like. Now, now I get flashbacks on like my friends on Mondays. Like they would talk about all their Saturday night games. They have no stories to tell because like I'm training. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> Speaking I, of equipment and investments, I have I have two, but they're already wrapped in bubble wrap. Moving soon, so yeah. It my took me my, like, my wife hates this. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's your mistress. Whatever. Uh, but. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, like uh, going back, like, you know, people would be talking about what did you do Saturday night and what, and Sunday, I couldn't talk about anything because like Sundays typically like what, like teenagers and guys in their early 20s, Sundays, they would be like sleeping in because they'll be partying the whole Saturday night. My brother and I would be instead like picking up like a master who likes to wake up early and train early at like six in the morning. No, sometimes four. Four in the morning you know while you're still trying to digest the heavy spaghetti dinner you had the night before and actually the night before we'll be coming from training from another martial art and you know so so yeah what what else do you invest in you invest time uh, the path to greatness is sacrifice you sacrifice something else we kind of sacrificed our youthful <laughs> social life for for this um, lots but, of sleep, lots of sleep. Yeah, yeah. lots of sleep. Uh, you talk about fanatical investing again. The question is like, what are you? What do you want to be? What do you want to be called? And who cares? What do you think of yourself? That's the most important thing. Amen. The thing, Amen. The thing is like, 
people always complain like, I, yeah, this, you're charging too much. I'm like, too much. I'm just even like below the market rate. What are you talking about? This guy like on the yeah. internet charging like $100 an hour. Okay. And honestly, you know, and, and all that stuff. And, and, and these people are like, oh, you're charging so much or, you know, I have no money to pay my master. Like how much is, how much do you need to pay him? Like uh, just a hundred pesos or 200 pesos, 300 pesos. And then they complain. And I'm like, really? Uh, what about that knife you just bought the other day? That's like how mm. much does, that's like 3,000 pesos. So are you a knife collector or are you an, a martial artist? How much do you spend on like, Good you know, point. people? Good point. Yeah, I have, oh, I have no money. Like even when I was in weightlifting, I have no money to pay a coach. Okay, then the next day you see them with, with what? All these like expensive gear <laughs> that I wouldn't even buy. You know, I'd be buying yes, cheap yes. Chinese uh, weightlifting shoes and these guys would have expensive like Nikes, but they wouldn't spend money on like instructors. Why? Because I think that I could ask like my friend who's a coach who's training with me at the gym, some pointers. I'm like, these guys... Not unless you're really, really good friends and best friends, then great. You know, they would give you the time. But if you're thinking you're going to be get thrown a bone, you'll be get me thrown a bone once in a while. But that's not coaching. That's just getting tips once in a while. And it's going to take you longer to get to where you're trying to go. Right. You want to get to where you want to be faster. Or even like, even to get to the point you want to get to, you have to invest. Right. Okay, but let, let, let me tell you a story what Bastet did, okay? Um, okay, he hasn't been, he was away for several years when he went to the States. So he comes here, he wanted to train other guys when they come back here from the States after being gone for a decade, they go to Boracay, they go to Bohol, Siargao, mm. or a lot of those wonderful touristy places. Tourist, uh, touristy places where you can enjoy, look at girls, party, etc. What Bastet did was, came here, trained, I accompanied him. We would train in Binondo, uh, four hours. We would start, uh, we, uh, we will go to this place. It's not exactly clean. It's not exactly safe. And you can smell the pollution. And we train until 1 a.m. That's what Bastet did for two weeks. And Walking sometimes- up like, uh, what, six, how many flights of stairs? Five. Five or six, yeah, five or six flights of stairs. Steep. With our gear. <laughs> With our gear. And it's, it's, not, it's not a safe place. I, I remember that's what Bastet did two, two weeks. And I told him, next time when you come back here, at least go to Boracay for three days and mm. train for a week. I, I was already telling, telling him that. But again, it's a choice. Bastet decided to train two weeks straight. Four or five hours a night until mm. 1 a.m. So, kudos to him. Even up to now, like when I go on quote unquote vacation to Manila, like more than half of the time, maybe even like 80% of my time is training. <coughs> you know? And that's me. Because what, I, what am I? And I am, I'm a martial arts nerd, and that's what I want to do. Mm. So I invest my time, I invest my vacation time. I, I, some people would say like, why, why the hell are you not at the beach? Where's your, I thought the Philippines had like good scuba, good, good mm. or like, why, why are you like with all these stupid sores? <laughs> like, and I'm like, well, that's me, you know, that's what I go there for. You know, I just love to eat and train. Mm. 
Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's not only investing in money, investing in time and in emotions. So that, that's yeah. it. it. It's a, you know, it, it, that, that word investment in this, in this topic is so apt. It's so, it's so appropriate. No? Uh, yeah. I'd like to thank our friend Ramon uh, from Kiro for suggesting this. Ramon It was his, this topic, this discussion uh, now, it was his idea. Yeah, shout out to Ramon. Ramon. Uh, Secretary of Calis Illustrissimo Repetition Original in Loleta. Feel free to suggest more uh, more topics. Any topics that you want us to discuss, put them in the comment section. If you have feedback regarding this discussion, put them in the comment (coughs) section as well. Then, um, since we're, we're, we're we're revolving around the topic of investing, um, since I really hope that people who are going to watch and listen to this will learn from the valid points that we're taking because martial arts is a very tricky spot to be in in terms of monetizing it and earning. Oh, from yeah. It. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, I think Doc Sixto and Jan Silabaste, you, you guys have the best stories and when it comes to, to unappreciated masters that like early early we've been discussing this in the early episodes like there are a lot of martial arts masters that died poor is this a significant is this an indicator of a lack of relationship a lack of appreciation and or the previous we can connect it to the previous discussion of masters taking advantage of the romanticized and sentimental approach of certain students that it becomes it becomes their avenue to take advantage or probably abuse whatever ranks that they may have in order to impart that knowledge. Kubaga, they're holding these people ransom. So you, 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 that's the transaction. It's not a monetary transaction, but it is a human to human transaction wherein you want to learn from me, you have to do what you have to do as I say. So, that probably led to that level. So that is the relationship that got established. So now, because now, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I see a lot of people on Facebook. I mean, if no one's calling them out, I'm going to say it here. Everyone's like posting on, on all these uh, Facebook groups and on their personal Facebooks. Like, I want to put uh, reverence to so-and-so master. I want to, I want to mention that I learned from so-and-so master, but, Nobody really helped them. Yeah. Nobody really helped them. Like there's probably a few, but it was not enough to give a proper sustaining lifestyle to your coaches or to yes, your masters. Yes. So you call them masters, you call them your family, but you know, you you took advantage of them. Yeah, actually what, they probably I, took advantage of you. That's yeah. why there was no bond. Yeah, we've you know, been talking they, about uh, investing in the and then you guys have been also talking about being fanatical invest investors, no? so being, mm. being giving uh, beyond uh, what is normal, no, to, to be able exactly. to exactly uh, what you have achieved so far. Now mm. on the flip side, no, uh, and I think this is, uh, and I'm I'm trying to rephrase uh, Franco's question, no, but see, we're talking about the flip side now, no, so you, you, mm. that's what Franco's describing. Uh, so we've seen fanatical investors, people who really want to train and they know that they have to pay. Are there people on the flip side? And I think yes. No, so Franco's he's illustrating that. Have you had any have you had any experience with such people? 
And uh, how do you spot these people? You know, as, Ayan, as, as, Doc, how do you spot assholes, Doc? Okay. Let's call them, if you have the fanatical investors, you have the asshole non-investors, okay? People who want to get a free lunch, all right? Just, um, in my experience in martial arts, and, uh, in Filipino martial arts, a lot of guys, they don't want to spend money on their lessons. Mm. But this is the ba- bad thing about it. They themselves, they want to make money, but they're not willing to invest. Mm-hmm. I've, I've met quite a few who are like that. And they are so irritating. My personal belief is your instructor should be able to make a living out of teaching so they can focus, so they can focus on this. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, let's say not a full-time instructor, but a part as a part-time instructor, because of course they instead of working extra, they're teaching. Mm. So they have to make up, they have to make money during the time that they're teaching, and of course mm. they need to buy equipment. Uh, they have to travel to the training venue, and if they have a training venue, do they have to pay rent, etc. So a lot of people, sad to say, they don't want to pay if they can get away with it and personally i've experienced that because what happens in fma and uh anyway i've experienced this in fma a lot of people they go there and they don't pay before the training they pay after Mm. i've even heard of some students what happens is uh they train okay one of my students taught this guy they he will remain unnamed uh, they were training and this guy said, hey, I'll just get a drink. I'll just get water. You know what this guy did? Never went back. Never paid. <laughs> <laughs> and the sad thing is, this is not uncommon. This happens a lot. This happens a lot. It's, it's, it's sad. It's so sad. Oh, that's my problem with Filipinos in general. You want world-class instructions, you want world-class coaches, but you don't want to pay the price. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. I don't want to get it. I don't get it. That's that's, that's well, true. That's... Like uh, when we when we organize our seminars, you know, mm. especially when we get people from abroad, you know, we have to pay for the pay for the airfare, the hotel, yep. and people complain it's so expensive. You know, how come it's so expensive? And they're angry. I'm like, you know. You know, if you don't want to, if you, if you find it too expensive, then don't, then don't come. Yep. You know, but yes, there's the and people one, and, and, and one thing they will tell you is, hey, if you really love your art, you're not, you're not after money. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I said bullshit. That's a very bullshit. And I think we, it's going to revert back to what Baste said earlier. It's all about culture. It's how, it's how us Filipinos as a society was molded and it's always the hia factor i think based on the stories that oh, i've been hearing God, from the two of you, it's, it's it's the hia factor okay personally yeah, in my case i'm very upfront mm. pay me this much mm. uh, because if you look at my equipment i have a lot of equipment i even have more equipment than a lot of gyms here so I would say it all goes to the equipment. 
Yeah, the, the, mm. for people who don't speak Tagalog, hiya, the hiya factor is like, it's, it's, uh, you're embarrassed. You're embarrassed mm. to ask for money. And it's very common here. Like, you know, mm. you teach somebody and, and you feel like it's not worth what you're asking for and you get embarrassed to ask the person. And sometimes people get away with it. They take advantage. Mm. Yes, yes that's the thing. Free. They get A lot of people take advantage of that. Yeah. yeah. Now, it, you know, it's, it's, uh, it all boils down to, I guess, the lack of business sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a lot oh, of yeah. teachers, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know what, what? 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 can you say about that? I'm mean, like, you know, is there? Do you ha- do most? Do most teachers? Do they need? You think they need help? Like, you know, outside help, advisors, or what? Yes, because uh, business, let's say, like marketing, accounting, etc. That's a different skill set from being a good instructor. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. Agree 100%. There has to be distinction between the business side and the coaching side. Uh, a coach or an owner of a gym cannot be both. You have to fo- It's either you multitask. Uh, sorry, you, it's either you delegate or you, or for me, the way I do it is you get a better, a good understanding, a proficient level of understanding of, of all, of everything. But at the end of the day, if you want to focus on teaching, you focus on the teaching. If you want to focus on the business side or the business side of running the gym, then you focus on that. Because if you try to do both, it's going gonna, it's gonna to close down. It's not going to happen. Okay, one, one, thing, uh, one thing I do to, to circumvent that. Uh, when I organize seminars, sometimes mm. with uh, Master Arnold, Hmm. For my own seminars, what I do is I actually contact DAX. You have to delegate somebody to organize the seminar or the tournament. Because if if it's the instructor himself who would organize it, a lot of douchebag dick shits would just tell the instructor, I'm sorry, master, I don't have money right now. I really want to. I really want to attend that, yeah. but I don't, I don't have money. I, I, I have heard that so much. Still so happens often, today. So often. So what we did with our seminars is, okay, um, you want to attend the seminar? Please talk to Dax. Mm. He's the guy who collects the money. Yep. So that's the way to go. That's the way. You have to delegate it. You really have to delegate. And I and I add five hundred pesos to the, the actual. <laughs> <laughs> no, but kid, kid, kidding aside, I, I'm yeah. not against that because yeah, why not? As long as you get uh, what's you know what you ask for, then. Oh, and I, I've seen Dax. It's a the headache. Work. It's a, a, a headache to collect money. Remember one of the urban combative seminars we did. There, there was this foreigner who kept on saying, "Oh, I know Lee Morrison." Blah, 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 blah. And Dax, I, I don't know how many times you were supposed to meet. Yeah. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. I'll pay in advance. Blah, because, blah, 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 blah. Because he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have, he, he doesn't have an access to a computer. He has PTSD and, you know, he can't go online and, you know. What? All these yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the end, he said, he was, I'm going to go there and I'm going to pay full price. Never came. Never came. So. Uh, that guy's an idiot. Oh yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. That, that's why us, we're we're very strict. Please pay us in advance. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Mister, uh, what do you think about this? About the business part of teaching or maintaining? A uh, well, again, like you have to establish on whether the instructor does it as a hobby. Does it as 
is like part of preserving a culture does it as part of like a business or all of it you know what i mean so it all depends on that like uh, in fairness like a lot of these masters who died poor also didn't necessarily do it for the business you know they yes, were just, yes, yes. some of them this passion actually got something else from martial arts you know they, that was their social life you know you could see like the whole sunday they'll be at the park and they have like visitors from everywhere or friends or even like students you know that kept them company you know that 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 would i would say be the equivalent of like I always told myself like you know maybe i want to be a martial arts grandmaster traditional one why you know because at least i'll know that you know even if i get into old age I'll have like all these young students and young apprentices. Mm -hmm. Yeah, who would be there, you know? And I've seen that happen too. Uh, again, it's, it's more of like a concept of family uh, for for these guys. So, so I I wouldn't think necessarily on a flip side that it's fair to say these guys died poor. Um, that you know, I I would and and that was also like a, a reflection of culture uh, because those were like what two, three generations ago. Let's talk more about more recent instructors uh, in, in relatively more recent modern times. Um, there are people like, for example, Master Arnold Narzo, right? Who quit his full-time job. Mm -hmm. full you know, you have to like consider this guy is like feeding his family of what? Uh, two or three? Uh, uh, with just teaching, you know, and then, then you're going to like say like, oh, I have no money to pay you, and later on like, have money to pay to buy like mm. a nice knife and a nice like yeah. whatever. It's kind of like so disrespectful to your master. And and next, so like, how much do you really value your art? Are you just there to exercise? Do you just like the social aspect? Or do you really want to learn? You know, if you really wanted to learn and what, then you should be like putting value on what, what you have and then put on value on your master and, and say like, I need to support this master because like without him, I'm not going to learn. Mm. I'm not going to get what I want. But if you're just there, like if you're one of those that are just like, I'm just here because I got nothing to do on a Sunday or I got nothing to do on a Wednesday. And I like the social aspect of just being at a the gym. Then great, you know, mm. but that to the instructor to just kick the person out. <laughs> mm. Hey, you're not paying, you know, and what do I care about you? You're not a potential, like, again, there's also two types of students, right? I know the things like students always generalize, like, oh, this guy got away with, like, training for free. Mike Tyson probably got his paid. from, from, what's his name? Uh, uh, right? They had, like, a father-son relationship. Well, it wasn't necessarily free because like Tyson had to give up probably working at Burger King or McDonald's to spend mm. time at the gym. So you have to think about that too. But people mm -hmm. always wait to like, oh, Tyson got training from Castellamato for free. So I shouldn't be paying Castellamato this much like to mm. teach. That's not true. Like Castellamato took Tyson in because he had potential. You know, so I'll teach this guy for free. He became Mike Tyson. <laughs> martial arts, you know, like not all students necessarily pay because some, some instructors like are thinking like, all right, this is probably my future number two or this is going to be my future like fight team member. So I'm going to give him a break. Yeah. You know? 
but others, other students who are not there yet, or even also just mm. or think like, well, this guy's not paying, I'm not gonna pay. Mm. Yeah. Those are, uh, again, as I mentioned, culture, it's entitlement. Yeah, but, but that's, where, that's where the instructor has to weed students to think like, all right, this guy's also a waste of my time. Yeah. You know, he's not a future, future. virtuoso either, or he's, he's something that has, still has to be molded for years to change his biomechanics. And I'm gonna put in all that effort and he doesn't wanna pay versus this like, you know, because he's thinking that he's the same as this natural guy who just came in that I just adopted. Yeah. So you have, to, you have to know where your place is. Mm. I mean, and that's interesting, you know, it's a just interesting point that you uh, brought up uh, about being not, being paid not necessarily in money. Mm. Uh, that's very interesting. Like, you know, like you said, you know, that's their social life. So maybe they might have died poor, but maybe they were happy, you know, that way. Um, yeah, actually, yeah. yeah but, but, you know, even with that, even with that, I've noticed that, you know, even there's some students who uh, can't even give that. You know, you just ask, like, for example, you tell people, okay, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a special session on this day, you know, you, all you have to do is show up. Nobody shows up. Yeah, okay, they, they, they don't have. To, okay, we, we have this. <coughs> we have this event. You know, it's for everyone. You know, all you have to do. You don't even have to help out. All you have mm -hmm. to do is maybe like or share the posts that we make. Mm -hmm. They won't even do that. You know, yeah. so it's 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 that flip side of the fanatical investors. You know, uh, people who really don't want to invest. You know. That's my Google, Stating facts, stating facts, not stating facts. It sounds like it's from experience, okay? No, no, no. Yeah, well, you know, it is. It is really. But but you know, it's it's a matter of fact because you can't you can't make people think the way you know the way you do. Like you know, like like you said, so for yourself, you are fanatical investors. We are fanatical investors. No, in fact, even this podcast. You're, you know, we're doing this. How many people are actually listening to us, you know? But we, we, <laughs> people are actually listening. <laughs> they are, yes. They are, yes. But, you know, we, we, we have other podcasts. Like, you know, they have 15,000 likes. You know, you know I think we have, at most, I think we have 100. And we, but we do it anyway. We do it anyway. Because, you know, because we're, we're crazy. And, and we what we do, what we love, we do. They're, they're, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. for, every, for every person who's like us, there's like a million others who would rather just sleep, you know, at like 11.30 at night, you know, and, and us, we're here, we're talking. So. It's passion. It's passion. It's passion, yep. yes. And, and it's, it's what we want. It's what we want to do. Like, you know, Baste was pointing it out. You know, Tayo, we're all the same. Like, you know, all our friends are out and we're training, you know. You know, when, when, when my experiences, you know, ever since I, I got into this group, um, when, whenever I would see my friends who I would go out with, Whenever they see me, they go, oh, okay, oh, Dax is here. You know, we can go, we can go pick a fight now. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like you're branded. Just because you're doing martial arts, people think that you're a war freak, which is farthest from the truth. You know, I've noticed that people who want to fight are the people who don't know what, want to fight. You know, it's, it's, it's a fact. You know, people who are, you know, when, the, you know, when they go on their road rages, you know, it's, it's, it's the people who actually don't fight, you know, because they, they don't know. They, they think that they're going to knock it the person out with one punch you know but but people who train you know the consequences you know that it's not that easy you know it's it, it's it's a different it's a different mindset 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but but anyway, yeah, we've been talking about investments and all of that, you know, as teachers and as as students, because you know we, we never stop learning. What what are your recommendations uh, as to you know people who really want to invest and develop into a a, a true martial artist? Let's start okay. with you, Baste. Baste. Okay. Let's, start, mm. let's start with you. Like, you know, recommendations for people out there who really want to get into this journey. Uh, well, firstly, you have to understand yourself. Like, what are you... Understand the reason why you're into something. You know, again, like, know your goals. Like, are you here for like, just working out? Uh, are you here for... Just learning a few things. Are you here for self-defense? Uh, I want to learn some things. At least I'm not, you know, like a fish out of water and be able to use some stuff. Do I want to be a master? And do I want to be an instructor? So those are things you have to figure out for yourselves first. Once you figure that out, then you'll be able to like figure out how much time, money, effort, emotions you want to invest on things and then also like come up with the corresponding sacrifices that I have to do because you only have like 24 hours per day uh, to dedicate and also just so much money to allocate mm. and also so much emotion and effort to put into things. So to prioritize that, you have to know where you stand in terms of martial arts, you know? But if you're within like that tier of at least being a master or instructor, then yeah, I mean like uh, as much as like what everything else is like to be great is to involve sacrifice, to be great is to have discipline and to be great is to invest, you know, as much as you can in an efficient way. And also once you've found good mentors, you know, good instructors, that's the important part. You know, because mentors and instructors get you to exactly where you want to go efficiently and in the shortest amount of time. And also, basically, it, they all would also get you exactly where you want to go, to the right direction. So once you've found those right people, invest in them and make sure that, you know, you keep them happy and you get what you want. The thing is, people don't see what instructors sacrifice too. Like right. one of my mentors, like... Arnold Narzo sacrificed his stable-paying job, full-time instructor, you know, because like what? He, he promised his grandmaster, Mangtoni Diego, that he would like continue on to make sure that he keeps, that he, that he continues on teaching at Luneta, which is a tradition mm. that he promised to do, you know? So we have to understand that this guy's feeding his, what, like uh, two kids and... Mm his wife and he's doing this full time. He's, he's not like making this to become a millionaire, but mm. at least give him his due, you know? Mm. So, so that's my take on it. Like once you found a mentor, spend on the guy. Right. You know? Yeah. Franco. Yeah. Uh, for, for students, use technology to your advantage. Do your research so that you don't waste time. So that you don't waste your time. You don't waste your instructor's time. You don't waste anybody's time. Um, well, now when you start to, when, when you finally decided what to train and where to train, uh, invest and focus more time on the training 
not on the not on the equipment not on, i mean these are just secondary things you have to dedicate and invest majority of yourself to the actual training to be part of the process to appreciate everything that comes with training in martial arts and then later on if you think that you and your current coach is the perfect fit i guarantee you it's going to be a lifelong relationship if you feel that it's not the perfect fit it's totally fine it's totally normal you can go somewhere else and for coaches coaches have to constantly invest in themselves you have to constantly improve you can you have to make it worth your students time it is our responsibility to provide value whether our students will realize it today tomorrow and the next few years whether there are students now or they're going to be in someone else's students later on the lessons that we will share with them they will carry for the rest of their life so we have this whether we like it or not we have that responsibility and ako i'm a firm believer that if you invest in yourself it will translate to better instruction and that will return to you with more students sixto okay uh, when you want to invest into something the first thing you have to uh, this is as a student you have to decide how deep do you want to get into something mm -hmm. for example i tried kendo once i just wanted to try it i wanted to check it out so i just went there just borrowed a loner sword uh shinai that's it i didn't have to spend for anything because i just wanted to try it out uh right now i'm learning fencing I bought cheap equipment. My sword is about 1,400 pesos. That's a cheap sword. I know people whose swords are worth 5,000 pesos. Some are even worth 10,000 or 15,000 pesos. So you have to decide how deep do you want to get into that. In my case, I decided to get to be deep in to FMA, where I spend lots and lots of money. And if you have to choose between instruction or equipment, don't be a dick, focus on instruction. You'll get more outfit equipment, maybe borrowed, you can get secondhand equipment, you can get cheap equipment, but to look for proper instruction is difficult. So my suggestion is focus on investing on instruction being a coach being a trainer being a teacher you have to decide again what do you want to get out of it if you just want to get paid for your time there's nothing wrong don't be shy about it uh, you should be able to ask for proper remuneration if you're not after money ask your students to be to show up ask them to be on time or ask them to do small favors for you if they, if they say they don't have money so i guess that's about it yeah yeah well um, investment is always time to me when you say investment it's synonymous with time and money mm -hmm. so if you want to invest in something and you want uh, that investment to bear fruit. Like for example, if, yeah, uh, like when we, when we do martial arts, if you want that to bear fruit, then you have to invest. 
Now, my personal experience in that is that, um, and I learned this also from you, Sixton, no, that you really have to spend. You really have to spend on quality. There's no two ways about it. Uh, and as, as Baste pointed out also, it's not always monetary. You know, sometimes it's companionship. Sometimes it's respect. Uh, but you have, to, you have to pay, you know, money, money or otherwise. No? Um, now, personally, the way I did it was, I, and I'm, as I mentioned before, I'm not the most liquid of, of people, you know. Uh, I don't always have that much money. But uh, what I did was, to be able to finance it, I, I made money, you know, so that I could train. So, like, what does that mean? I, I, I sold equipment. I would buy these, you know, these trainers from, from Amazon. I would always buy, like, for example, I wanted a, like a, one of those uh, resin training swords. I would buy, you know, just one, instead of just buying one, I would invest, buy five with my credit card and sell the other four. You know? And that would mm -hmm. finance the equipment that, that, I, that I would buy and also for the lessons. You know? And the same thing, mm -hmm. you know, I, I would teach, I would teach. And then from the money that I earned, I would buy, you know, equipment. So it's, 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 to me, you know, going back to what, what you guys say, especially Baste was saying that, uh, you know, it, it, what are you? What, what is it that you want from it, you know? Uh, basically, I want to train and also to make it uh, a, to something to augment my livelihood. So if, if that's what you want, then you shouldn't be, a, you shouldn't be ashamed to, to, to charge, like Sixto says, no? Shouldn't be ashamed to charge. But at the same time, like what, what uh, Franco has been saying, you know, you also owe it to your students to, to invest in yourself as well as a teacher. You know, you can't just rest on your laurels saying that, oh, okay, I'm a master, I'm a teacher, what, you know, whatever. So, you know, I can do whatever you, I want and, you know, you get what you deserve. So it's, it's, it's not fair. No? So, but yeah, it's, it, it really boils down to, you know, you invest if you want something to come out of it. Anyway, yeah, uh, I, I think this was a very good discussion. A good discussion, I'd like, to, yeah. I'd like mm -hmm. to thank Ramon again of, of Kiro, the secretary. Yeah, shout out to Ramon. Shout out Ramon, very good. Thank you, thank you. And, uh, and, and <laughs> if uh, anyone wants Basing's to... Barbecue. Yes, Basing's <laughs> yes. Barbecue. See, see. Sponsored. This, this, okay. this, this. Yes. Episode is sponsored by Pasing's we, we are we are taking we are taking uh, donations from Pasing's barbecue. Uh, feel free to. Uh... <laughs> okay, uh, guys. The thing about Ramon who suggested this topic, he has a restaurant. It's Pasing's barbecue. He has been supporting a lot of people who yes. Yeah. Yes. lost That's their livelihoods. They yep. lost their jobs, and what he did was he he kept on giving food to people who needed it. And he kept doing that for months. Yep. So, guys, if uh, guys in the Philippines, if you can go to Navotas or, or you can order through Grab or Lalamu, mm -hmm. please order some some food from Pasings Barbecue. He has helped, and until now, he's helping a lot of people survive mm -hmm. this pandemic. All right. So, thank you, everyone, for listening. To our uh, to our episode, and uh, hopefully uh, next time you you still tune into us, and uh, and uh, maybe you learn something. If you don't, then too bad. At least. Okay, everyone, everyone, make sure you subscribe to this channel. Please like this video. Please follow all our social media 
uh, channels. So there's Libre Fighting Philippines, Urban Combatives Philippines, Carlos and Kiro, Carlos Hermanos Philippines, and Kiro. So Kalis Ilustrisimo, Repetition Original. They're all on Facebook. You just have to like their pages. Yes, and also Learn. subscribe. Subscribe to Coach uh, Franco's uh, YouTube page. Coach Franco Press. Yep. Okay. Uh, my podcast is Coach Franco Says. Just type yes. in my name and all yeah, the there. He has a lot of there. platforms. Like all of them. Follow yeah. all of them. Subscribe to all of them. And also we're on audio in case you didn't know. Oh, nga pala! Recent developments. We you can will. listen to the FMA Bandits yes. on uh, the major podcasting audio platform. So we're going to be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, we're on Anchor. Castbox and yeah. Radio Public. Uh, at, this, at this point, at this point, we have more platforms than listeners. Yes. We're averaging more than a hundred. Oh, see, there, there you go. For a very lengthy discussion, people, yeah. and, and we have an international audience. By the way, we're probably the smallest podcast in the Philippines with an international audience. There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah. right. So congratulations to us. <laughs> just, just plugging on my groups again on, on Facebook. We got the Carlos Hermanos Concepts Group. Uh, you got again the uh, Carlos. Combatcom, and you got authentic traditional Filipino martial authentic traditional Filipino weapons group, and you got the Filipino martial art uh, Filipino martial history group as well. Uh, you got the uh, Dos Manos Concepts group, and you have the uh, the Dos Armas, Dos Armas. The, Manos, uh, knife concepts group as well, but the most important one that would link all these stuff is like the uh, Carlos Hermanos concepts group. Once you get there, you, it's all linked. Just find it, get them all, and you'll find us there. If you like our content, go join us. Oh, yeah. yes. You're welcome to join. That's why we know what we're talking because we're doers, not talkers. You don't yes. even have to like us, you just join. <laughs> just listen, just view. Just listen, you know. All right, thank you guys. Guys, thank you so much. Stay safe. Stay safe. Peace.